and welcome to Twigged. A light-hearted plant-based podcast exploring the vegetal roots of history and folklore, what might kill you and what makes a decent snack. I'm Alex. I'm an avid consumer of both plants and fairy tales. I'm Alice, a big fan of all plant-based food and any plant-related fairy tales and folklore. <laughs> so today I I have dragged Alice into an abyss with me. Um, <laughs> a lovely listener named Natalie suggested that we do milk thistle, which was a fantastic idea. But then I said, you know what, Alice, there are some really fun stories about other thistles too. Let's just do thistles in general and we'll concentrate on the milk thistle, but we'll do them all. <laughs> and then we discover that there are literally hundreds and hundreds I think more than 200 different types of thistle so yeah, just too many thistles I've screwed the pooch I'm sorry everyone <laughs> uh, but here we go we are going to serve you a delightful pan thistle dish with milk thistle as the centerpiece and we will do our best not to get bogged down in the absolute quagmire of information that I've dropped us in I mean, that sounds great. I'm all up for that. Great. It can be confusing, though, to be fair, because at first glance, it seems like some plants are really similar. And then when you look a bit further, you realise that they're not at all. It is really interesting. And I learned my new or, you know, maybe temporarily newly favourite word while doing research for this, which is polyphyletic. Uh, So polyphyletic (laughs) means that these organisms share characteristics, but they don't necessarily have common ancestors. Oh, okay. So thistles is a group of plant that have lots in common, but they're not necessarily closely related. I mean, they're interesting. So most of them are in the Asteraceae family. Yeah, same family as the dandelion. Yeah. So thistles are all these prickly flowering plants. They often have pinky, purplish, maybe reddish flowers, uh, although they are sometimes yellow. Um, And like the dandelion, again, they are composite flowers. They're made up of lots of tiny florets. And then I wrote, they're sort of like a really elegant cactus, which I think might lead me to get murdered by botanists with pitchforks. Yeah, or the cactus fans might not be too happy with you either. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm wrong. Uh, I'm sorry, but that is what came to mind. They're fancy cacti. Yeah, but that's just a very controversial opinion for the internet. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if the internet can handle that kind of opinion. (laughs) So the leaves of most thistles have prickles along the sides. Some also have them all over the rest of the leaves and have them on the stem. So the spikiness is a really effective bit of evolution in order to prevent them being eaten by herbivores. Some of them also have these green, primarily green, spiky bits called bracts around the flower head. So they're kind of like, you know, those bracelets that when we were in high school, punk people would wear with like the spiky bits coming out of them. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like that. They're like these extra spiky green bits. And the milk thistle has these. Uh, And on the milk thistle, they have yellow tips to them. So the milk thistle, which is specifically called Celebum Marianum, is that correct? I can't help but read it as Silly Bum. 
when I first saw it, I thought silly bum, but then I thought that can't possibly be what it's called. So I'm going to go for silly bum. I think that's much classier. It's got like a thick stalk, um, thick, chunky, spiky leaves, and then like a cluster of prickly spikes at the top that are sort of below and around the flower. Oh, that's the bracts. The bracts, a.k.a. the goth colour. <laughs> and it has a pinky purpley flower made up of lots of thin little petals that at a glance look like a fluffy little pom-pom. Yeah, it does look like a fluffy little pom-pom. And if you touch thistle flowers, they are so soft. Yeah, if you're careful enough to get to just the flower and not the spikes. Yeah, and they can grow really tall, the milk thistles. They can grow up to, well, I've seen both up to over a metre, and I've also seen they can grow up to about two metres. That is tall for something with, like, quite a thin stem. And the the rosette base can be up to sort of 160 centimetres in diameter. The milk thistle is also known as Marian thistle, Mary thistle, Mediterranean milk thistle, and confusingly, Scotch thistle, among many other names. So those have to do with this this legend about the Virgin Mary and the thistle. There's this legend in Christianity that when Jesus was born, the Magi arrived at the court of Herod, who was the king of Judea. Uh, So they arrived shortly after the birth of Jesus, and they told him that they were searching for the newly born king of the Jews. So this was concerning to Herod because he was the king of the Jews, and he was a bit like, oh, <laughs> oh, there's a, there's a new one? Cool. That's that's fine. So he and his advisors helped the Magi find out where they needed to go to find this newly born king of the Jews. And they were like, okay, we, we've you know consulted everything, and it seems that it's in Bethlehem. So he told the Magi to to go find this baby and then come back to him afterward to tell him where he could find this baby so that he could go and worship him too. So the Magi... Oh, yeah, mm. really? Yes. Oh, <laughs> I sense a twist coming on. Right. So the Magi went on their merry way uh, with their their gifts for the for the new newborn king. And when they got there, they worshipped Jesus, and then they had a dream. They were visited in a dream and warned that they should not return to Herod. So they didn't. And this angered Herod, and this worry that he already had about this newly born king of the king of the Jews just turned to rage, and he ordered that all the male infants in the area under the age of two were to be killed. So this is what's known now as the the massacre of the innocents. Luckily, Joseph, who was Mary's husband, also had a dream warning him that Herod was going to try to kill Jesus. So he, Mary, and Jesus... I forgot to mention, so Jesus is born to Mary, who's a virgin, uh, and he's the son of of God. Um, So, well, I don't know. Some people might not know. (laughs) So this is like, that's why Joseph is Mary's husband, but not Jesus's dad. So, uh, I mean, there are other ways that that could happen as well. My God, I'm being very close-minded. Anyway, this whole family decide to flee so that the baby doesn't get murdered to Egypt. And as they're fleeing, Mary is meant to have hidden Jesus under a thistle. 
And while they were hidden there, she breastfed him. And the drops of her milk which fell onto the plant made the veins go white. And that's why it's called milk thistle. And it's got really prominent, very intricate white veins on it. Interesting. Yes. How big was the thistle and how tiny was Jesus? Well, as we've discovered, they can get pretty big. Yeah, so true. maybe uh maybe it was the biggest thing around. To be fair, it does have really big leaves. Yeah. So, you know. So the cotton thistle. Tell us about the cotton thistle or scotch thistle. I grew up surrounded by thistles like these. So the cotton thistle is otherwise known as Onopordum acanthium. Does that sound right? That sounds great. And all I remember about these thistles was that they grew like the clappers in the field that we lived beside. Does that mean they grew lots of them? Grew? Really, yeah, like they you couldn't get rid of them. Like if you wanted to grow a field full of them, that's great. But um, <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> this is the field that my dad's sheep were grazing in. So in the summer oh, no. when the thistles had got really tall... He would give all of us some um, clippers or um, what do you call them? Begins with there. Oh, secateurs. Secateurs, yeah. And he would pay us a penny per thistle. <laughs> and we would go out into the field and chop, chop, chop all those thistles down. genius parenting. Yeah, and count every one. And then some of them were like really big and chunky and thick and they'd take more than just one straight snip all the way through. So we were like, we should get 10p for these really sturdy thistles. <laughs> And there was a bit of... Did you... Did he give you uh, gloves as well? I don't or remember. Just secateurs and best of luck, children. I think so, yeah. <laughs> Maybe when you come to Northern Ireland and we go on our field trip, my dad will let you cut some thistles as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the enthusiasm is so genuine. <laughs> Do you remember what those ones look like? Can you describe them for us? Um, yes, yeah, so I'm pretty sure they were the Scotch thistles, which have, so similar to the milk thistles that we described earlier, but they don't have quite as wide, um, chunky leaves. The leaves are a lot longer and thinner and grow up taller with the plant. So the plant as oh, okay. a whole is, is a bit taller and not quite the same shape as the milk thistle. Can you eat them? Yes. So some of them, if we're talking about all thistles, definitely the milk thistle, but do check what thistle you're trying to eat before you eat it, obviously. There are also some records of a small number of people experiencing gastrointestinal distress or an allergic reaction to thistles when they try to eat them. So if you are trying it for the first time, proceed with caution and be 100% sure you have the right plant, which is always the case in foraging. That's just a blanket thing across the board. With thistles, you also want to avoid them if they're grown on soil with high nitrogen content, um, like some cultivated lands where they use chemical fertilizers. Oh, yeah. So apparently all the true thistles, which is what people sometimes call the ones in the genera Circium and Carduce, are technically edible, although some are more delicious than others. So, Alice, if you find yourself a thistle of the kind that you can eat, which bits can you eat? So, technically, you can eat all of it, like the roots, the leaves, the flower. Um, so the roots are 
better to eat when they're younger because when they get older they might be a bit sort of tough and fibrous and the leaves you'll probably want to take the spines off first (laughs) but apart from that you can eat all of it that's right yeah so you can apparently cut off the spines or rip them off but you can also just rip off all the sort of green bit of the leaf and you have quite a thick central rib that you can then eat as well yeah And, uh, yeah, the leaves can be eaten raw or boiled. Uh, The roots can either be boiled or made into a coffee substitute, just like the dandelion root, apparently. I saw that, yeah, and that the seeds as well can be roasted and used like a coffee. That sounds so fiddly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Is there any caffeine? I don't think so. No, so like... When when people say it can be used as a coffee, what they mean is you can pour hot water on it and drink it. That doesn't make it coffee. It's like you can have brown hot drink. Yeah. So, specifically milk thistle, I've seen, is very nice to eat. Uh, historically, the leaves were cooked after stripping the prickles off, like the other ones. The stems were stewed, so ideally they're soaked for a while first to remove some bitterness. The bracts of milk thistle can uh, apparently be eaten like artichokes. Oh wow, okay. But I think they're quite small and a bit fiddly, so not that satisfying. Uh, Unlike regular artichokes, which are also a thistle. Are they really? It's the Kinara cardunculus. Not necessarily closely related to all of the others, but they do enter into this kind of thistle umbrella. That's so cool. I love an artichoke. The milk thistle flower buds can also be eaten cooked. Uh, And the roots, if you cook them up, are apparently similar to salsify. I also read that thistles in general are at their best when they're a bit younger. So if you do want to go and pick some thistles to make something delicious with them, then ideally spring. So go, 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 get them now before it's too late. (laughs) They are meant to be poisonous to livestock if they're eaten by them. Okay. But they are important to a lot of other animals. Like goldfinches really love to eat the seeds and they're a really important flower for, for bees as well. There's a really long history of milk thistle being used medicinally, which is actually how it first made its way from the Mediterranean to Western Europe because it was a medicinal herb. And they're still really widely used as a herbal remedy. They're really popular today. The active ingredient is silymarin. I'm guessing it's not silymarin. I mean, I've been calling it silymarin. (laughs) Um, And that's basically milk thistle extract. And you can buy it as a supplement, in a powder, as a tincture. And it's sold really to support liver health and detoxification. So apparently it can protect your liver cells from damage in the first place, or it can stimulate the regeneration of liver cells. And because it's so good for your liver, it's excellent to help eliminate toxins from your body. So if you've had a really heavy night, you could try some milk thistle extract. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. If the medicinal uses are real. As far as I can tell, there's been no data to necessarily disprove it. But there's also maybe not been enough concrete scientific data to say that it's definitively so. Yeah. Which is why I'm, I'm sort of reacting with hesitance to all the all the medical 
uses for it. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it's it's still very popular. Whether it's super effective or not, we don't know. I feel like I'm just always more interested in eating things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've just a little bit about traditional uses. It's been used to treat liver and gallbladder problems for centuries. And also it was thought to prevent or treat cancer and promote breast milk production, Hmm. which is an interesting connection to our story about Mary earlier, and then protect the liver from alcohol and other poisons. So there are sort of more um, traditional medicinal uses. Um, At some point it was thought, well, at some point, presumably during the plague, it was thought to cure the plague. And it's also at various points in time been used as a means to purge stomach contents, which could be part of the reason why it's said to be what you should turn to if someone ingests poisonous death cap mushrooms. Oh, so you can eat a milk thistle to make yourself ill. I couldn't find if... The reason it helps with the poisonous death cap mushrooms is because it helps you purge or if it has some other kind of antidote properties to it. But either way, that's that's kind of the the received wisdom, whether or not it's true. I don't know. So interesting about poisons. I saw somewhere that it can protect you from alcohol and other poisons and even snake bites. Yeah, I saw the thing about snake bites. I well, the, so the alcohol and poisons make sense because alcohol leads to liver cirrhosis, and that's one of the things that it's meant to help prevent and solve in theory. But the snake bites, I have no idea. It makes me think of the drink called snake bite. Maybe that's yeah. where the confusion has arisen. I mean, it's not really <laughs> snake bites. It's just someone drank too many snake bites, and then someone else said yeah. you should have some milk thistle for that. That's exactly. <laughs> Alice, can you explain to our international listeners what a snake bite is? Is it a half lager, half cider with a blackcurrant top? I thought it was just half cider, half lager. No, I think you're right. I was really interested to learn that you could eat it because I know it mostly as a beautiful flower, but I know that it's regarded as a really pernicious weed. Yeah. And yet it's weird that it's... It's got this reputation as, like, in your dad's field, this weed that you want to get rid of. But it's also got, like, a deep history as this noble and distinguished flower. And it's used as the emblem of all sorts of things, like Lorraine, the Encyclopedia Britannica, Scotland. It's, like... So iconic. Yeah, it's got a gravitas to it. Yeah. But, yeah, maybe you can tell us why it became the, the emblem of Scotland. So this is one version. There are apparently several, but this is the story we're going to go with. Great. Great. So in 1263, Scotland was under the rule of the Kingdom of Norway. And the Norse people didn't seem to be hugely interested in this part of land. So King Alexander III offered to buy it back. Was King Alexander III uh, a Scottish king? Yes, so he was the king of Scotland at the time. King Hakon of Norway seemed to think, "Mm, no, I'm not going to let the Scottish clans reclaim it. So that prompted him to set off with a fleet of longships heading towards the Scottish coast. 
on the journey, it was really, really stormy and there were strong winds that blew the ships towards a beach at Largs, which is in Ayrshire. So the fleet find themselves at Largs, um, sort of in the quiet of the night, and they thought they could use this situation to their advantage. So they crept up on the Scottish clanspeople to try and surround them while they were sleeping. And to try and move more quietly, the Norse soldiers um, took their shoes off. But of course, one of the Norse soldiers stood on a huge spiky thistle and let out a scream. (laughs) So he alerted the Scottish, who then woke up in time to defend themselves. And that led to them winning the Battle of Largs. So, <laughs> so that is how the um, this spiky thistle was partly credited with uh, winning this battle, and this might be how the um, thistle became the symbol of Scotland. I love that story. It's so good. Great. I mean, I, I know it's meant to be somewhat apocryphal, but it's still a great story. Yeah. I was trying to find out which thistle it was, but it seems that that's sort of an unknown thing because lots of different thistles have as one of their names Scots or Scotch thistle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it could be spear thistle or common thistle or cotton thistle or cardoon or woolly thistle or milk thistle or any number of them, apparently. Yeah. So Yeah, but um, it definitely seems to be a purple, a, a thistle with a purple flower. That's what's really like popularly depicted anyway. So that's true. Maybe it's likely to be a milk thistle. Yeah, maybe. The only thing I have left is uh, this lovely Basque legend. Oh, great. So this last one is definitely not a milk thistle or any thistle that I'm really familiar with. So it's the Carlina acaulis or silver thistle, which in Basque is Eguskiloria. And I'm so sorry about my pronunciation. So this is the Basque legend of the Eguskiloria, which is known as the sunflower, but it's not the plant we think of as the the sunflower, a sunflower, all one word. It's different. A sun Two words. Flower, not sunflower. Uh, sunflower. Yeah, and it's the silver thistle. So it was said that a long time ago, the Basque people lived in a world of darkness, and there was no sun and no moon, and there were these evil spirits who would come and get up to mischief and bother the people. So they appealed to Mother Earth to protect them from the evil spirits. So she at first created the moon to illuminate the darkness, which at first did the trick and kept the spirits at bay. But then over time they became bolder and they came back because it wasn't that bright and they were actually fine to get up to their mischief by moonlight. So the people appealed to Mother Earth again. Uh, And then in response, she created the sun, which would shine for half the day. And that worked. For half the day, it kept the spirits away. But they could still creep in at night. So in order to keep the people safe, she made the Eguskiloria, or the sunflower. And she told them to dry it and hang it on their doors. And then if the evil spirits came around, they would have to count all of the petals of the flower before dawn in order to gain entry to their homes. And they wouldn't be able to do that because there wasn't enough time. So this stopped these spirits from coming in and getting up to their mischief, which not unlike the fairy stories that we've told here before included 
horrible things like stealing the babies and and other such jokes. Yeah, those pesky fairies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here they are again. I thought it made so much sense because as we've talked about, the flowers are composite flowers. So in order to count every little petal, it takes ages. Yeah. So that is the the legend of the Egusciloria or sunflower. Oh, I love that. I'd never heard of that before either. So that's it. Sometimes weeds, sometimes maybe medical marvel, possibly a very delicious snack, which I have yet to try and I'm really excited to. Yes, I'm here. They might protect your babies from the nymphs. Uh, and the evil spirits. And loved by the Scottish. So yeah, that's everything we've got about the lovely thistles. I mean, the milk thistle is an absolute star. There's so much talk about with it. Yeah, really lovely suggestion, that one. I cannot state how much we love getting suggestions from people. So if you do have any suggestions for next time for something that you would like to see us do, please get in touch with us. You can... Send us a little message on Instagram. Our Instagram is at twiggedpodcast. Or you can email us and our email address is twiggedpodcast at gmail.com. You can also message us via our website, twiggedpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Please tell your friends, tell your families. Give us a rating, give us a review. Subscribe, because I think subscribing does something. I don't know what, but apparently it's a good thing. Yeah, lots of people say, please subscribe, so it must be good. (laughs) (laughs) If you've been listening to a few episodes, then thank you for listening. We're really glad that you're enjoying the podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to Twigged. Bye. Bye. Yeah, someone said to me, I'll have a schooner. And I was like, we don't have that. We only have Hell's Lager. <laughs> oh, amazing. It even says on the menu, schooner. And I was like, well, I don't read the menu first. Sorry. Oh my god, it's even better than it was on the menu. Yeah, it was on the menu, it said schooner. And I was like, what? <laughs>